Hello, I'm Gary, and this is episode 51 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles, and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we're looking at electrifying road cargo. But first, thank you to everyone who responded to a tweet I put out last week asking for experiences buying second-hand vehicles. I'll put a link in the show notes to that tweet, and you can all read some of the excellent responses that came back. Our feature topic today is electrifying road cargo and last-mile deliveries. This is an area that can have the largest amount of environmental and financial impact for a relatively small amount of investment. Take home grocery deliveries, for example. In my area alone, Northeast Hampshire, there are five different grocery chains, each of which have at least three stores in the immediate area that are delivering groceries to households. On average, each of these stores will have three vans for deliveries, and these vans will drop around 24 deliveries in a single shift each. Generally, these vans will also work double shifts. That means we have 720 deliveries per day in the local area. Each of these is carried out using a diesel-powered van. And to keep the frozen section of the van cold enough, as per health and safety guidelines, the trucks have to have the diesel engine running all the time during the deliveries as the freezer unit is connected to the diesel engine when not in the depot. In some cases, these diesel vans are also being told to run idle for 30 minutes at the depot to keep the freezer down to temperature before the van is loaded. In other cases, the vans have an electric plug that chills the freezer section before the van departs. On average, the vans in this area travel fewer than 70 miles in a single shift. This is generally split into two delivery runs with a gap in the middle when they come back to the depot. This is much better than it used to be. For example, deliveries to Oakley near Basingstoke used to come from a depot in Swindon, a journey of almost an hour and around 45 miles each way, depending on routing. That's a pretty big carbon footprint. So let's look at that in a little different perspective. We have 15 diesel trucks running fewer than 140 miles across a 16 hour day with plenty of time to recharge between shifts and not a single one of them runs off a battery. This is despite the fact that many of the depots are already wired up with charge facilities because they need to keep the freezer area cold and the van. And why is that? Because there are precious few companies that produce electric delivery trucks of the sort needed by the likes of Asda, Morrisons and Tesco. Of course, there are electric delivery vans and the Lakes Electric Van Company has a number of them that they use around the Lake District for delivering their products. DPD and Amazon have also bought into the electric van ethos by their purchase of electric delivery vans, but nobody has done the whole grocery van thing in a big way. It can't be that difficult. After all, the majority of the grocery delivery vans in my area are Mercedes Sprinters, and Mercedes have recently released the electric Sprinter, which should come out by the end of this year. But the problem is that there needs to be a large capacity in the traction battery in the vehicle to run the freezer equipment as well as provide power to cover the miles that are needed. This will then also need to be bolstered by fairly rapid charging when at the depot. The Sprinter currently has several battery options, but the biggest one has a maximum range of 104 miles with a nominal payload. The question is, how much will that range drop if the traction battery also needs to be used to keep the freezer section cool? Back in 2018, Sainsbury's introduced Eevee, which was an electric delivery truck of the type I've mentioned. It had a range of 80 miles on a charge. It could make 30 drops in a day. And it was based on an LDV EV80 chassis. That chassis is still for sale, but nobody apart from Sainsbury's appears to be taking any notice of this. 
BD Auto, which is another company, can take existing models of vehicles such as the Fiat Ducato and create appropriate versions of them for grocery deliveries. But again, this doesn't appear to be the case. I tweeted Sainsbury's to see what happened to their electric van trial from 2018. Received no response. We've done an episode before on last mile deliveries, and the link is in the show notes. But one thing is for certain, there is far more benefit to be had from electrifying the last mile delivery, in fact anything to do with cargo on our roads, than there is to do with electrifying passenger vehicles. As a truck driver friend of mine is often quoted as saying, everything you have in your house got there via a truck. There has to be some mileage, excuse the pun, in looking at that. The thing to remember about last mile deliveries though, is that they don't all have to come from vans or trucks. There are several companies that have pioneered electric cargo bikes as a means of providing their last mile delivery. Obviously these have more utility in places such as city centres than they do out where I live in the countryside, but even so, the business model works and companies such as Sainsbury's, again, are using them in places like London to provide speedier, more eco-friendly deliveries within a small area. Data suggests that these bikes can be up to three times quicker at deliveries than conventional vans in a congested urban environment. The Hercules e-cargo bike, for example, runs with a swappable battery of 500 watt-hours, giving 63 newton meters of power to a vehicle that can carry 125 kilograms of payload in the front and rear boxes. The co-op have also started using these same bikes to deliver within a five-mile radius of their Kings Road branch in Chelsea. These bikes are obviously very useful for companies such as same-day couriers who deliver packages, letters, documents and parcels in central London. Anecdotally, 10 to 12 deliveries per day is average for a small van in the centre of London. E-cargo bikes can do up to 30 deliveries per day. On top of that, the assisted nature of the e-bikes means that carriers can work five days per week without suffering physical stress and strain from handling this sort of cargo. Non-e-bike carriers find it a lot more difficult. So what are the government doing to encourage this? Well, nationally, not a huge amount specifically. However, local councils are starting to wake up to the benefits of electric vans and last mile deliveries. Only last week, Leeds Council bought 122 Renault Kangoo vans. Most of them will be used by the council themselves, but others are to be used by local companies to encourage them to take up electric motoring. The Office for Low Emission Vehicles is putting £2 billion into walking and cycling infrastructure across the UK. In theory, this should help people like same-day couriers and other e-cycle-based delivery services. The government will fund and work with local authorities across the country to help make it easier for people to use bikes to get around, including Greater Manchester, which wants to create 150 miles of protected cycle track, and Transport for London, which plans a bike tube network above the underground lines. This is good news. So what's out there that could work? Well, let's talk about what's not out there, but what should be out there. The Tesla Semi. It was debuted in 2017 by Elon Musk, and while prototypes have been seen around the US, nobody so far has put one on the road in a commercial sense. Production is planned for 2021. And this would be something of a game changer with either 300 or 500 miles on a single charge, battery size dependent. For most HGV drivers in the UK and Europe, this is far more than they can legally drive in a single shift. So recharge time shouldn't be much of an issue. Tesla are looking at creating mega chargers for the Tesla Semi. These will be solar powered and will be able to recharge a truck's batteries in 30 minutes to a capacity of 400 miles. To accomplish this, it will likely have an output level over one megawatt. The other player in this market is Nikola, although again, this is mostly vaporware at the moment. A prototype was shown in 
2016 are the Nikola 2. This is a fuel cell powered vehicle that runs off hydrogen. If the specs are to be believed, the range is 1200 miles from a single 100 kilogram tank of hydrogen. Now we've talked about hydrogen in the past. For road cars, it barely makes sense. For longer range vehicles, it probably does. However, Nikola have also announced plans to build a hydrogen network to power these trucks. The problem is that the energy requirement and the water requirement are enormous and cast doubt on the feasibility of the whole endeavor. Coming a little closer to home, Amazon have partnered with Rivian to take 100,000 electric trucks to deliver their Amazon Prime and other parcels across the world. For Amazon, the first vehicles would be making deliveries in 2021 with 10,000 vehicles on the road by late 2022 and 100,000 deployed by 2024. DPD recently promised to take delivery of 300 new electric Nissan ENV200 vans by May 2020 in what is believed to be the largest single UK commercial EV van order to date, bringing their total to 450 vans. It sounds impressive until you remember that DPD runs over 8,000 vehicles from its 68 locations. It's a start, but it's not Amazon level investment. The thing is, it should be. Research has shown that electric vehicles are now profit centers for companies like DPD and UPS. Several years ago, that wasn't the case. The drop in the price of batteries has resulted in purchase price now being a non-factor, especially when the total cost of ownership is considered. With delivery vans doing huge mileage, I mean, I drive a diesel one that's a 19 plate and it's done almost 75,000 miles already. The maintenance costs can be huge, but these maintenance costs are much lower on the electric trucks and the cost of fuel is much lower as well. This is especially true when companies such as UPS install solar panels on top of their depots and divert that into recharging their vans. UPS currently runs a project in London that allows grid-scale charging of delivery vans large enough that it's aiming to replace every single one of its 170 London-based trucks with an EV. They do this through on-site battery storage coupled with load management software that monitors the local grid and ensures sufficient power goes to the site to run lighting and heating, but it also diverts enough to the vans so they're ready to go first thing in the morning. In summary, last mile delivery is something that everyone should be looking at. Not everyone has a car, not everyone has a bike, not everyone has solar panels, but everyone has things that they've bought, which were brought to them via a truck, a van, or another road-based delivery mechanism. Cargo deliveries, whether it's semi-trucks bringing containers of Chinese toys to department stores, cargo vans delivering Amazon purchases to your house, or courier motorbikes bringing important documents to be signed at your place of business, currently have alternatives for all of them. These alternatives are financially more viable and they rely on having the will to do this. The ROI is certainly higher than it was a few years ago. All it needs is companies to push this forward and do it. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with our listeners. Today, I want to point you to a specific Twitter account. Obviously, there are loads of Twitter accounts that play in this area. Fully Charged with Robert Llewellyn and Fully Charged Dan, for example. But there's one account with a specific niche in the sector that I found to be absolutely superb when it comes to doing what he does. The account is Oak Hoekstra. I'll put a link in the show notes. He's a Dutchman living in Eindhoven and he's a researcher at the University of Eindhoven and his speciality, particularly where Twitter is concerned, is debunking those surveys and research papers that claim that EVs are worse for the environment than fossil fuel cars. Not only does he go into detail about why these papers are wrong, but he also shows research that counters the claims that are made. As I tweeted out last week, if you're not following Oak Hoekstra and you think you know about renewables, you're sadly mistaken. Every tweet is a well-researched gem. Links are in the show notes to his account, well worth a follow. 
And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, use the EV Musings Twitter account, Musings EV. If you wanted a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called, So, You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. At the moment, it's free on Kindle Unlimited or if you're on the Kindle Lending Library. Check it out. Links for everything I've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise our visibility and extend our reach in search engines. Thanks, as always, to my co-founder, Simon. You know, he was trying to get his own gaming service off the ground recently, but he hit barriers due to a competitor in the field. The other player in this market is Nikola, although, again, this is mostly vapor at the moment. Thanks for listening. Bye.